0: Yummy. Hello. Hello. How the fuck are you, man? <laughs>
1: All right. I'm okay. I'm so, doing have you yeah, before
0: before seeing this movie? Have you ever seen the Impractical Jokers TV show?
1: Once or twice. What'd you think of it? It's uh, not my cup of tea. No, never was. I. This is just another version of Candid Camera. Okay, I can see know? it. Yeah. And I kind of liked Candid Camera, and well, it was new at the time. Yeah. I kind of liked Candid Camera but for the most part uh, that's the reality tv never was my thing yeah um my cousin paul worked in reality tv which is weird oh. yeah it, it's it's really weird that he he worked on survivor huh. so where was i going with this yeah they, they, reality they, tv is not my thing yeah did and, they ever and,
0: did they ever film survivor in the middle of uh, new orleans during katrina yeah that's when they filmed it that's when that's real survivor there <laughs> That's reality Survivor for Why real. Why'd you
1: ask that question? It's just
0: because just, just the funny part is, that you know,
1: they call it a reality show when it's not really, you know what I mean? <laughs> Anyways, th- that's, I think that's how he pretty much got started mm-hmm. working on that series. I'll have to double check. It's a good thing to have on the resume, I'll tell you that. Well, yeah, but he was a producer. Yeah. Stop picking your face. It's I'm not, distracting.
0: I just, I just have a, like a,
1: a... I'm not, but I'm picking it. I'm not, but I am. I am, but I'm not. So... When it comes to reality type or or you know yeah, when it comes to reality type series mm-hmm. or you know uh, canon camera things where they put everybody into a situation, they even do it on YouTube. But th- there was like one that they did like a Harry Potter one, you know, where where they did this elaborate magical trick. They do it on. There's a Disney show, Disney Channel show. Yeah. Uh, I just I don't. I've never found them interesting. Yeah. I get it. there. There's a... I remember seeing
0: the... I don't I only saw a couple skits, but they had like uh, video games in real life. And they had one where they reenacted uh, Assassin's Creed. And so the guy's dressed up like the main character from Assassin's Creed. And he's walking through like a, a flea market. And he's walking through crowds of people, putting his hands on people's shoulders, just like the character in the game. And people are like, what the fuck are you doing? It, it's pretty funny to watch, to see like trying to do video game type stuff. When it comes to Impractical Jokers... I think one of the the, th- the selling points for me on that show is that I love how the guys love to fuck with each other. It, it's like there's a resp- there's a mild amount of respect there, but they just love to fuck with each other, and it's so funny to just see who loses at the end of each episode, and then they have to do the punishment.
1: Right. Yeah. And so and, and, and i and that's yeah. see again that's funny because yeah. these guys are putting people, they're putting themselves in the situation. Yeah. And and using it as a joke but at some point like you have to not watch tv at all to fall for the shit yeah like 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 dead serious you have to not even know who these guys are yeah to and again it's just like the candid camera thing yeah. it's just like you know and it's not not survivor but it's like the the candid camera the funny practical jokes on people yeah. you know it's like if Mike Tyson was playing a, a bouncer
0: at a club, you'd be like, no, I'm not falling for this. This is Mike fucking Tyson. Right. Yeah.
1: I'm not Mike Tyson. Yeah. Yeah, you are. <laughs> I'm not Mike Tyson. That's <laughs> oh, yeah. fine. It's good. Close enough. Yeah. Close enough. <laughs> but you, you get what I'm saying yeah. is... is Anybody that's a fan yeah. would show up to these tapings because they would know what these guys are taping, you know, making the, the 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 shows. And then you have people that are standing there in the crowd taking pictures yeah. and this and that and the other thing. And it's just like, look, this is, you can tell this is a fucking setup, mm-hmm. you know, Christmas in July type of thing. Yeah. Now, moving into the movie, the entire beginning of the movie I thought was pretty funny mm-hmm. Uh, up until the Paula Abdul concert, where Joe got on stage and was and, and was trying to hype the crowd. Yeah, you know the Joe hype thing because mm-hmm. he's the hype man and he sucks at it. Yeah, and it's that's funny, but and and then it led into the Santa Claus thing. Yeah, you know, when, when they were doing it in the middle of you know New Jersey in June. Yeah, it's just like come on, it's 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 not as you said in your review. It doesn't make any sense because. And you know, it felt well, like
0: a discarded scene from the show. That's where I was going with it. Thank it, you. Not like a a cool extra scene. No, it felt like like this ain't good for this ain't good enough for air. Right. You know. So it, yeah, it just I don't know why the fuck it was in this movie. I, I think it's just they threw a bunch of stuff at the wall and they thought that you know this will stick. This well, it,
1: it was a discarded scene. It was a cut scene from the TV show. You, you can tell. Yeah. And. They just like, well, we need something to kind of kick off everything. Yeah. The cutscenes that I
0: saw live were way better. Um, in the live performance, than there was uh, in this movie when right. you know, especially with those first couple skits, like the one in Washington D.C. and the and the Santa thing, it
1: was yeah, it was just mm. yeah. And then the whole Paula Abdul subplot, <laughs> like it would have been better if Paula Abdul had just approached them and said, "Okay, I you you know instead of instead of the whole well, there's Paula Abdul and she remembers us, right? Yeah. Okay. Well." It would have been funnier if she I mean, come on, none of this shit makes any sense. So <laughs> But it would have been funnier if she had approached him and said, Hey, you guys are the impractical joker, was like, Yeah. And, and it was funny when the guy had the knife in his hand. Yeah. You know, it was it was just a butter knife, but still it was it was funny, right? Yeah. And he always kept it on him. And I'm pretty sure it would hurt pretty bad if you got stabbed with a butter knife. You, well, yeah, it's like <laughs> getting stabbed with a spoon. <laughs> <laughs> because it hurts more. Yeah. But nobody's got to get that joke. Um, that's that is so, That's so. a deep, deep, deep joke. God damn it. What is that from? I know it's Robin from- Robin Hood. Because I've, I've seen it, yeah. Uh, Alan Rickman. <laughs> Why do you want to stab him with a spoon? <laughs> because it hurts more. So- it would have been funnier if she had approached them and said, Hey, I have an idea. Yeah. And and she knows that they're huge Paul Abdul fans, right? Yeah. Like you know, maybe they're getting, wearing- I've been
0: getting I've been getting MERS fan
1: letters every fucking year for the last, you know, twenty years or yeah, whatever. Some yeah, some shit like that. Yeah. And she and she's like, Okay, I've got passes for you guys, mm-hmm. but I can only give you three passes. And you guys are going to have to figure out. Yeah. And then they could have gone in that direction. And they ended up going in that direction anyways. Yeah. You know, and whoever loses, loses. And then, but the sub-comedy stuff, Murr and his... In his uh uh the hotel. hotel room yeah. where he was having the different parties, <laughs> yeah. And when Joe knocks on the door, he just asks him a simple, one, "What's the Wi-Fi password?" And he asks him that question, yeah. you know, and and he, and then Mur is like, "Oh, it's just password." He's like, "Oh, okay." And he just walks away, like he knew that this, that, like this is a normal thing, right? Yeah. And then he just goes on about his own business, but everybody else is like, they're doing double takes and what the mm-hmm. fuck and this and that and the other thing. Yeah. What that was that entire subplot was funny. Yeah. The funniest. Part of the whole movie was the tiger in the room, <laughs> where uh, Sal, yeah, is it Sal, yep, where Sal literally shit his pants. He was crying trying to get the fuck out of there because they know that he hates cats. Oh yeah, and he hates
0: dirt too, like like anything like trash related, right? And it would have been funny if they had thrown something like that in there as well. Oh yeah. You know, just uh, he hates germs. I mean, he fucking hates. Them. Yeah, he's a germaphobe. One of his punishments was where he had to go on a barge. They took his car keys and they th- they hit him in a, a fucking trash barge, <laughs> and he had to fucking climb on this wall and it floated away. And he's just like, yeah, it's fucking hilarious. Absolutely.
1: See, and that's funny. I mean, they yeah. they they bring this on themselves. Yeah. You know, and mm. that's what makes that's what makes this show funny. Yeah. Although season five apparently <laughs> is not good. I can't remember because they all bleed into each other for me, so but you know, that's 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 the running gag in, yeah. in this movie as well. And then they finally they get to <laughs> yeah they get to uh, Florida. That they, they drive from Jersey to Florida and on along the way, there's a couple of things, like they're in Georgia, and they're like, oh, I'm I really miss home and this and that and the other thing and, and Sal like <laughs> Sal Sal has like a two by four, and he knocks some shit on the ground, and, yeah. you know, and he and he does his uh, his pep talk, you know, yeah. we're almost there, guys, you know, mm. which. It's schmaltzy, but... It's heart's in the right place. Well, no. I mean, it was just uh, obviously, it was just so badly written and so badly acted that it fits with the entire film. Yeah. These guys, when they're just being
0: natural with each other... Yeah. It's like this podcast. When we're just being natural, way better. Oh, absolutely. Than, than, if, than feeling forced. And that's why I didn't care for the subplot in this movie, because it felt very forced. And it was fun. It was intentionally fun, but it still felt too forced.
1: Yeah, it, and like I said, it would, just would have been more natural if Paul Abdul had approached them and said, "Hey, why don't we do this as an idea?" Yeah. And then, you know, whoever whoever loses doesn't get to go to the show, Yeah, you know, or backstage pass or mm. whatever, it doesn't matter. I mean, they all end up in the backstage pass anyways, but Yeah. The point being is there were there were moments where I was laughing so hard, I was crying. <laughs> and, and I mean, r- just really uh, just laughing. Yeah. And there were moments where, I mean, even the cringe moments were funny. Yeah. You know, Kane Hodder was in it. And as a, yeah, as a, as a bouncer, bodyguard. Yeah, as yeah. a bodyguard. They called him a monster. He's like, you're a monster. <laughs> and just like it, just like that, you're a monster. Mm-hmm. And, and, which is a throwback to him playing Jason, right? Mm-hmm. And there's a whole bunch of other cameos involved with this, but there's a there's a funny cameo from the
0: show cuz Q
1: Q looks like he's related to Rosie O'Donnell. Okay. And I, he looked more like um the dude uh that played Dante Brian. Okay. I could see he, that. He look. He looks like Dante from but Clerks. But I
0: just remember this because when I w- was first watching the show, I was like, I, I, the way he talks and stuff like that, it like reminds me of of, of Rosie O'Donnell. And uh-huh. all of a sudden, one of his punishments, he had to speak in front of this group of people in As a lab Rosie coat. O'Donnell? No, no. All of a sudden, like he had a test subject who was going to come in and help him. Uh-huh. And it was Rosie O'Donnell in a, in a lab coat just like him. Right. And she, she was supposed to be, oh, it was about cloning. <laughs> and they made a clone of him and it was Rosie O'Donnell. <laughs> <laughs> and he... he The cool thing about the punishments is they don't know. Right. what the punishment's going to be until they're there and so their reactions are genuine and that's right. what's fucking hilarious I mean the stuff they do with the public I mean there's going to be safety issues
1: and well, stuff so you know there's going to be it, it, some of it's going to be scripted it's got to be when he's doing the um <laughs> when he's doing the presentation mm-hmm. uh for for social media for the youtuber thing yeah <laughs> <and> <laughs> they're showing pictures of soft corp. it's soft mm-hmm. it's not really softcore porn mm-hmm. but well, you'd have the build up to it yeah yeah the whole the, his whole parents mm-hmm. are being filmed as you know the pizza boy, the pizza delivery guy, or, you know. The horny, The the horny gardener. Yeah. And damn it, that was really, really funny. It was. You know, and the reactions from the crowd are even better because people are laughing, Mm -hmm. but some of these people are taking it so goddamn seriously that they look like they would just want to kill him. There
0: was one, yeah, there was one guy in the audience that was fucking pissed. Oh, God, yeah. It was like the old guy, wasn't it? Yeah, he looked like he had to be at least in his Fifties or sixties, and he
1: had glasses on. And he he just looked angry. Like what? The, just fucking bitter. They're wasting my goddamn time. I would have just been. I mean, if I were that that. At that thing, I would have just been laughing. I would, my I would ass have clapped. Off.
0: I would have bravoed him. I mean, just fucking please, you're you're awesome. <laughs>
1: I, you know, <laughs> <laughs> oh, how to be an influencer? Yeah, that's what it was. That's what it was. Yeah, and <laughs> and nobody knows who this guy is. Obviously, he's not an influencer, but he, they are influencers because impractical jokers. Yeah, now, they started if off as uh, the tenderloins on YouTube. If you're yeah. in 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 that crowd and you're our age or younger in the forties. You would know who these guys are. You would almost know from the moment he stepped on stage, you'd be like, oh, why is Q here? You know what? That's what's surprising is that
0: like when I've talked to people, because I talk to people about the podcast at at work and stuff, and I mentioned Impractical Jokers, like, what are you going to see this week? And I say it. And they're like, what's that? Like, half the people there. What's that?
1: Yeah. Some people just don't know because that shows on true TV. and Well, it used to be on USA or not USA. TBS was it or something like that? Uh-huh. It was on one of the it was on one of the normal yeah. cable channels. Yeah, uh, and it seems to be T ex- or, like, or something like, like, like that right now. And for the last few years, it's been exclusive
0: on True T V. So you can watch it on um, Pluto. Do they have it on there now? Yeah. Okay. Cause I like on I know it's not on Netflix and Hulu and stuff, and I think if it's on Amazon, you have to pay for it. So
1: yeah, if you yeah. if you get Pluto, I believe in Practical Jokers, because it's owned by CBS Viacom. Okay, so yeah, and they're part of the Funny or Die thing. Yeah. Uh,
0: now I I read the trivia on this movie, and remember the part where um Mur is sad and he's walking down the street, and those girls go, "Is that Murr from uh-huh. Practical Jokers?" Will Ferrell is sitting behind those girls. Oh, I didn't even know it. And I was like, because I was so focused on looking at the chicks that I didn't even. But yeah, he's sitting Like there one eating. of
1: the girls, I think, is from the beginning of the movie. It's a callback to the beginning of the movie. It could have been. Like where the, they, the girls at the concert or something? No. Or? Um, where he's in his car. Mm-hmm. Was that him in his car? And he's like, "Hey, how's your sister?" Was that him? <laughs> it, might she, have it might have been. I think that was that was the girl that was bent over. Yeah. And 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 they went to school together. It's or possible. Like that. Yeah. So
0: so yeah, this is it's a funny movie, dude. I I liked it, and it's you know it's for the fans, but I, I don't want to own it. I'm not gonna buy it. I I, look, yeah. I I gave them enough money already
1: to go see this movie because uh-huh. I had to pay for like five
0: fucking people to go see
1: it. So they literally should have given you like the entire DVD catalog. <laughs> I mean, just for going to Yeah, see there them should at have Sacramento. been a
0: loyalty bonus, right? I mean, there should have been something because. There was only like four other people in the theater when we
1: went. I yeah. think, I think well, was, we took up the entire row.
0: Yeah, I'm movie, surprised Al wasn't there. Uh, he was playing 40k all day with his friends, so he yeah he just. He, How
1: dare you, sir! <laughs> I know.
0: So, um, yeah, I you know what? Yeah, I just I I don't even care if I ever see this movie again. I'd rather just watch the show. That's the thing. It's worth seeing once, but and go go support it. But otherwise, I, yeah, overall, it's nothing that special. But it was it is funny. So if they had it with the series. You could watch it that way,
1: you know, but I don't think it's a home video owning for me. No, uh, but for a lot of people that are fans of the show, absolutely. Yeah, support them. Definitely support these guys and and go see it. (laughs) Let them buy another Lexus. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: Let them buy their parents another uh, set of condoms, you know. So have you watched anything recently? Like, because you've been watching, have you been watching a lot of Pluto and uh, Roku and shit? Yes. Is there anything worthwhile? I was looking up something. Hold on. All right. I saw a Swedish film called Draug. Draug. So instead of smog, like from Desolation of Smog, it's Draug, and apparently it means Is it a li- fucking dragon. It means living dead, and I didn't know it was a zombie movie until fucking you get about <laughs> eighty-eight
1: it, minutes into it, it. It's
0: an hour and twenty-seven <laughs> minutes with credits, and I think the the you see zombies show up at like. Close to an hour into it, um, and so it, it's set in like Viking times, but they're they're more advanced than Vikings by then. I you know they're they're just, just they're they're yeah, they're Swedish or whatever you know and Icelandic. Nordic. Nordic yeah there we go perfect Nordic and it's just uh, these missionaries have disappeared so these guys are going to go on this mission to go find the missionaries so it's kind of like 13th warrior yeah fucking eh, you're right so they go there and you know there's little interactions between these characters So you know there's one guy who's like the leader and he's an asshole and, and, but he's funny he's got charisma and stuff right and and he goes to the village and some people don't like him they don't trust him and you wonder why and, but you know you find out why later and and the, the, the cinematography is really good on the movie it looks beautiful But then it does this thing. Whenever they're going to be attacked by these monsters and you can't see them at first, the camera starts to do this shaky thing. And then they use this weird dark filter over the film. And it does like this almost like a like a silvery chrome type filter over it as well. And it it fucking like if I had epilepsy, I would have passed the fuck out into a seizure that's how fucked up it is and it's not good it 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 takes away from the movie and the movie drags like my my the thing i said right when it ended i said to my daughter was i go god that movie just dragged along it just kept dragging fucking drag so that would if i wrote a review for that movie it would that would be the fucking headline
1: literally i'm gonna have to ban you from ever (laughs) saying any pun in your life ever again. You can't... You have to pick... You gotta pick, dude. Well, this movie drowns. I mean, what do you want from me? I mean... It, it, no, that's fine. That yeah. pun is fine. It's yeah. just that you're, you're... So... You're on a fucking... You're on a pun rampage right now. The movie's it's weird just, because it,
0: when the characters are interacting with each me.
1: other and they're
0: not dealing with the monsters, not bad. Not bad a movie, not great, not bad, but... It, and it's all spoken in, you know, Swedish or whatever, you know, Norwegian, you know, but and it just... But I can't recommend it. I can't. It's just not. It's over. Once it's all said and done. Everybody dies. Only one guy lives. The one guy I didn't really want, to, didn't give a fuck
1: about. Didn't really have that much backstory to him anyway. And so, I don't recommend Draug. yeah Everybody dies, and this one guy who, who we didn't even talk about, don't even know who he is. He just he dies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It just no, it did no. Everybody dies. <laughs> I I ended up watching the entire Police Academy series. <laughs> of course, you did. <laughs> I was. I mean, I had already watched the first four. Yeah. I'm like fuck it, you know what? There's 5 and there's 6 and there's Mission to Moscow. And we and wa- I've already talked about, you know, uh, assignment Miami Beach. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's got Renee Aubergouin wall. How is that now? Cuz I haven't seen that in 20 years. You know, or longer. Fuck. If you're looking just to watch a movie, you know, and just you know, zone out. Yeah. It's fun. Okay. There's you, you don't need to think because when I used it's to stupid, but you don't need to think when
0: I was a kid and I would stay at the movie theater all day and sneak in between theaters. I would I watched Miami Beach at least twenty times and I'm not exaggerating. I watched that movie over and over again, just like everything else. And so that was my favorite. That and Citizens on Patrol for a long time. And so Which I just a shame. I know. Well, I only saw the first one like once and I think it
1: was edited for television when I was a
0: kid at that time. So, yeah, that's why.
1: But, you know, with the exception of like they had the, the great running gag of the Blue Oyster Bar. Mm-hmm. Or Blue Oyster Club, and then that stopped with the Miami movie, mm-hmm. and it also stopped with Mission to Moscow, which has Ron Perlman in it, and he plays the bad guy. He's the the main bad guy. Yeah. Okay. And he's funny as hell in the movie. He's the silhouetted character in the poster. No, that's 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 a different movie. That's, oh, that's, that's, that's part that... four. Oh yeah, something like that. Yeah, City on. Um city under siege or something yeah. yeah sorry no that's you know that that was the mayor yeah okay. we had talked about that one as well yeah but this one is Ron Perlman and he's essentially he's a he, he's a russian mafia guy who is using Is uh, his name Boris or Ivan n- neither oh shit okay he starts with a z like okay. zeus or something like that okay and he has a uh he has a programmer guy in the way that <laughs> there, there's a couple of really funny parts in this movie. Okay. So the way that he gets the programmer guy to come to him mm-hmm. he, he has his two henchmen go grab him and put him into a canvas duffel bag. Yeah. <laughs> and then they deliver him from the canvas duffel bag. They just throw him on the floor and they unzip it and he's like, he's like he's like oh I'm glad you're so I'm so glad that you could show up. Right. Yeah. He's like well I really didn't have a choice and I'm kind of tired of being carried around like I'm a piece some mail. <laughs> yeah, I would have got here sooner, but they were canvassing the joint. Oh my god! Shut up. Seriously, you're you're the one that's responsible for no one listening to the show. <laughs> <laughs> Zingo. So. So th- th- that's the running gag in that one yeah. Is that they keep throwing him into this fucking duffel bag And <laughs> and then he just Appears out of the duffel bag when, Whenever uh, Pearlman's character Wants him And the programmer guy is making a game You know, it's basically A, a, a Russian guy, a Russian bear You know, cartoon yeah. bear Beating up all the bad guys And, oh, um, who is in it? Christopher Lee's in it oh. So you have Christopher Lee in it You have most of the original cast With the exception of Steve Guttenberg you have Ron Perlman, and then a whole bunch of other guys, and you know, again, it's one of those movies that you can just turn every, turn your brain off and watch and and enjoy it. Yeah, I mean, there's some there's some really dumb moments in there, like the uh, the brothers Karamov is it Karamazov? But, okay. The brothers Winkelberg, or whatever the fuck, the um the Russian dudes that did the uh the the hop, 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 hop. you don't have no idea what I'm talking no, about. No, I don't. Brothers Karamazov.
0: No, I have no idea.
1: Karamazov. So the brothers Karamazov are like um they're circus guys. Give me a second here. Here it is. I mean, the book is about. It's by Dostoevsky. And it's a philosophical novel set in 19th century Russia that enters deeply into the ethical debates of God, free will, and morality. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. Let's see here. What did I think of was... I thought for sure that Brothers Karamazov was about circus performers. (laughs) Sounds like it. Like the the Walendas. The Flying Walendas. Yeah. Yeah, the Flying Karamazov Brothers. Yeah, I think these are the guys that are, are all the ones that went that did the hut 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 the flying Karamazov brothers. <laughs> That's what it was. That's what it's based off of. And they um, they were do- they were doing that, but th- you know, this is like I don't know when Mission to Moscow came out. It had to have come out what eighty eight or eighty nine. You got 11% on Metacritic. Constantine Conali, that's Ron Perlman's character.
0: Hm. Well, at least they put some effort into the
1: name. Because a lot of times 94. they
0: just, they have to use that throwaway
1: name, you know what I mean? For Russians. Ivan or... Or Boris or, yeah. Yeah. So it's got Claire Forlani in it, uh, Leslie Easterbrook, Ron Perlman, a whole bunch of other people. I love Claire Forlani. But for the most part, like, the entire plot is dumb. Yeah. The the there's a chase scene which is actually kind of funny, but it's mostly just pratfalls and 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 whatnot. Does not make any sense plot-wise? <laughs> Please, Academy, do it. Yeah, but I mean, this one makes less sense than all the rest of them put together, right? I mean, look, at you can't even access the writers' names. There's not even a thing on the- Randolph Davis and Michael Chodos. Yeah. Those are probably fake, faked up names anyways. I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to- I am I can't really sit here and say, don't watch the movie. You've got to. But there's a couple of things in it. Okay. Uh, Michael Winslow returns. David Graf returns. Long live. Tackleberry, um, that's a great picture. Look at that picture. It is a good picture.
0: That, that, that should be on like an article, like the top of an article.
1: And uh, it Leslie, you look kind of like Josh Brolin in that picture. Leslie Easterbrook, uh, and then you have Charlie Schlater, who's in this movie. Now he was in he's in Diagnosis Murder, and he was in a big screen comedy like uh, 18. If you remember who Charlie Schlater was, he, in this movie, he's supposed to essentially take over for um, Steve Gutenberg's character. Okay. Right? Now, he's done a ton of stuff. So, he played uh, The Flash in Superman, the animated series, and Batman, and played Jimmy Two Shoes. He's done video game stuff, too. Kick Batowski. I didn't realize that he did the title character in Kick Batowski. Hmm. Huh. Dr. Mindbender, Wild Bill, and Lift Ticket in G.I. Joe Renegades. He was initially considered for the role of Philip J. Fry. Oh, your guest starred on the Loud is Dr. Feinstein. That's too bad. Major Rykoff on Metal Gear Solid 3, Ape Escape. Let's see. He v- recently voiced uh, Robin and reprised his role as The Flash in Lego Batman 2, DC Superheroes, blah, 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 blah. Damn, he dated Jennifer Aniston. I mean, right there. That's that, You got to put that on the resume. Well, he was also in Ferris Bueller, the television series. <laughs> oh, God. Which lasted a whole year, and it was awful. <laughs> that was the same time that uh, Parker Lewis Can't Lose came out. Yeah. And Parker Lewis is essentially Ferris Bueller's day off. Yeah, oh yeah. In a much better and funnier show. Yeah. I remember so, Kubiak. Yeah. Love the Kubiak, man. Uh, Kubiak's dad was a professional radio DJ. I can't remember that shit because I... Huh. Or something like that. Hold on a second. Kubiak. Like, there was uh, David Faustino and Corin Nemec. Corin, uh, yeah, Corin, uh, yeah, Cor- yeah.
0: <laughs> I always remember people saying Corey Nemec, but
1: he, they, they did a a, a show on crackle together, uh, kind of like a real life show, but not really real life. I like the the principal dude. I just always wanted a banger. Okay, <laughs> it's just some. People.
0: I did not know there was John Panetta on that fucking show. Holy shit! He was one of the students to the left. Yeah.
1: Um... That's who it is.
0: Yeah, she... I, I thought... Yeah, she was definitely attractive as the principal, but yeah. Uh, Abraham Ben Ruby. Yeah, he had a small part in uh, Twister. He rolled with Carrie Elway's, uh crew.
1: Huh. He does uh, voices on World of Warcraft. Always... Hmm. Oh, yeah. So uh, his dad is named, uh, his dad is, is Asher Ben Ruby, who is a rock singer and a current radio personality known as Smash. Huh. He's, and I know only know that because uh, of Don and Mike. Yeah. And they were good friends with Smash. <coughs> he played Darth Vader in Robot Chicken Star Wars. Yeah. And Star Wars Episode 2 Robot Chicken. That's hilarious. And Star Wars 3. And he, in Robot Chicken DC Comics special, he did Cyborg, Killawog, Appa, Ali. Apsa, and Solomon Grundy. Um, He does a lot. But yeah, so he did um, Mystery on Myth 3. Wow. World of Warcraft, ER, Skylanders, Diablo 3. Really? No shit. In Diablo 3, he plays Urziel, the Harbinger of Death. In World of Warcraft, Warlords of Drainer, Monster Vocal Effects and Additional Voices. Heroes of the Storm, he did the Diablo voice. Yeah. Plus StarCraft II, Warcraft Legion, and Battle of Az, Battle for Azeroth. That's really cool. <clears throat> I've always been a big friend a, friend, a big fan of Abraham Ben Ruby's. Um, he's just one of those guys that you like, even though he plays like a, uh, uh, a knucklehead, yeah. In in Parker Lewis can't lose. He was always just like that lovable oaf. So, so
0: I rewatched uh, Train to Busan uh, a couple of days ago, and that is a it's a Korean, a South Korean zombie film, and. Do, it doesn't add anything new to the zombie genre. Like, style-wise, it's like World War Z on a on a train. Right. That's pretty much what it is. But the thing about it is th- what this movie does where World War Z fails is this movie has heart to it. Because it doesn't focus on the zombies. It focuses on the characters, especially the main character and his daughter and how they're sh- kind of estranged from each other. He works all the time. He never spends any time with her. And it, they, they even show it right at the beginning of the movie because he's trying to, like... Take her to her mother, who lives um, in Busan, and you know, you know like kind of dump her off. And then this in- whole incident happens, and now he's even di- more trying to get her over to her. And the movie sets it up really good right from the get-go, where he forgot about her birthday, and his mother had to remind him. So he gets her a present. He goes into her room, and she's sad because he's leaving again, and all this stuff. And he gives her the present, and she opens it, and it's a Nintendo Wii. And then she looks up at her at her TV, you know, her desk area, and there's a brand new fucking Wii already sitting there. So he already bought her one. And then he just, he's not, it it just shows that he's not paying attention at all. And it's just, it's a really good character, really good movie where it connects the characters, where they interact with other ones that are on the, on the train trying to survive. And there's always like a big guy who saves everybody. And then, you know, he ends up biting it and eating it, you know, and literally And it just, like I said, great character interaction. And like I said, the movie's got heart to it. And what else I watched was there's a prequel film uh, animated that uh, came out right after the movie did. In 2016. And it's called Soul Station. And no, from what I understand, not a single character that's in Train to Busan is in this. It deals with another character of this lady who's got this abusive boyfriend and she's, you know, trying to get away from him because he wants her to, he wants to pimp her out for money because she's got no money to pay for her hotel room. And her father's trying to look for her. And this is when all of a sudden the, the whole zombie outbreak starts to happen. And so they're trying to get through this and the father's trying to find her and all this stuff happens. The animation is kind of weird I, I can't describe it you would be able to describe it better than I can um, but it's interesting it's not it's not lazy it's not bad it's just different it, it's weird style and at times it's pretty fucking cool in, in the, the you know the different art style artistic style of it but Seoul Station if you like Train to Busan and you never heard about Seoul Station Seoul or you, it's pronounced Seoul I think but you know Seoul like Seoul Korea right so if you love Train to Busan check out Seoul Station uh, I've I believe i watched it on amazon for free because uh oh yeah very it's very korean yeah in terms of uh, animation yeah and train to busan is still available for free on netflix so yeah so watch soul station on amazon it's either on amazon or hulu that soul station was on i don't know You you figure it out you can search that's what's searched for so Anyway, I saw those two. Those are good. They're good companion <laughs> pieces to each other. And, um, oh, I also watched the original Lemony Snicket's uh, Series of Fortunate Events with Jim Carrey. I hadn't seen that movie in like a decade. And that movie is... That movie stands out. I mean, it, it is so fucking cool in almost every regard. It, it's got great acting. It's got a great sense of humor. The, the production design, the costumes, the makeup, everything about this movie is great. Jim Carrey is fucking amazing. And I, I quote him to this day, his character, Count Olaf, to this day, like, hello, hello, hello. I do shit like that. Or, or someone just speaking gibberish, I'll say, I don't speak monkey. I, I do it all the time. So this, it's an influential film to me. And his performance is definitely one of his best performances that he's done. As Count Olaf, and it's a shame that they didn't make a sequel to it because everyone was on board to make a sequel, and then Paramount dropped the fucking ball for some reason, and they because never it did. Didn't
1: do anything. They, it wasn't the next fucking Harry Potter.
0: It made money. It it was a hit. It just wasn't a blockbuster. And but yeah. It just, it seemed like they—they they, no one rushed to get it done. The writers got it done. The director wanted to do it. Everybody wanted to do it. It just, except for Paramount. Paramount kept dragging their feet. So whatever. It, it never happened. Then we got the the TV series on Netflix, which does a good job. It actually does a good job. I just, I don't know. I kind of lost interest. It, it does every single book in the series where the movie, which Jim Carrey only did three books in the series. But, so the, the the Netflix series does cover the whole entire thing, but I don't know. It just felt like it was, ran too long. So I think I only watched like a couple episodes into the second season. We're going to end... Me and my kids are going to end up rewatching the whole thing again, but I don't know if I could recommend the series yet or not until I've seen it all. But the original movie, which is on Netflix right now, absolutely. There's even a, a cameo by Dustin Hoffman in there where he, him and Cedric the Entertainer are interacting together at this play, and it's fucking hilarious. Uh, uh, what is it? Uh, Meryl Streep's in there. Catherine O'Hara. Timothy Spawn, who played Wormtail. Or, yeah, uh, Worm... Yeah, Wormtail in Harry Potter. I always mix up Wormtail and Wormtongue. Uh, And uh, there's, I mean, there's so many other actors. Oh, God, uh, Billy Connolly. Billy Connolly is great as their uncle, you know. Billy Connolly Connolly is one of those guys that every time you see him in something, you wish he was in more of it and you wish you saw him more. But he just, he's one of those guys that he just he just only does certain things here and there and he, i think he's always just done things the way he wanted to do them so good for him but i always wanted to see more of billy Connolly. and I, yeah i don't i like i said you got to see lemony Snicket's series of a series of unfortunate events it's a fun movie it's a little dark a little dark but it's all right it's worth it it's different than the average kid movie or quote unquote kid movie so
1: <sighs> anything else yeah <laughs> what do you got man i actually watched the man who killed Don Quixote. Holy shit! Was it worth the wait? Eh.
0: <laughs> that answers the question, right? I there. don't
1: know. Look this this movie. <laughs> this movie has been hampered by problem after problem after problem. Is it an understatement to say development hell? Yes. Uh, it's loosely based on the novel Don Quixote by Miguel de Cervantes. It's taken twenty nine years to make. Mm-hmm. Gilliam started working on it in 89. Let's see. Uh Damn. two of the people that he he thanked were uh Jean Roquefort and John Hurt. Those two are uh thanked at the end of the film. They both are no longer with us. Yeah. Uh Jean Roquefort was gonna play Coyote, Johnny Depp is Toby, and then The whole idea is a 21st century marketing executive has been thrown back through time and Vanessa Paradis as the female lead. Shooting began in November. A significant number of difficulties such as sets and equipment were destroyed by flooding the departure of Roquefort due to illness and problems getting insurance, plus other financial difficulties. The original production was the subject of a documentary called Lost in La Mancha, And that was released in 2002. Between 2003 and 2016, Gillian made repeated attempts to remake the film, including Johnny Depp, Ewan McGregor, Jack O'Connell, Robert Duvall, Michael Palin, and John Hurt. They all ended up being canceled for various reasons, such as failing to secure funds, Depp's busy schedule, Hurt with cancer, uh john hurt being diagnosed with cancer and from then until 2017 the film finally started had adam driver who plays toby and jonathan price as quixote the film is weird but it's terry gilliam it's terry gilliam dude i mean yeah and the whole thing is like okay so toby made this this student film don quixote Mm-hmm. And he's back on set and he's essentially making the same film again. He's making Don Quixote for whatever reason. It doesn't really... Exp- I, I wasn't paying enough attention to it, <laughs> but it didn't seem like it explained why he was making this film. But he was like a disinterested filmmaker who was more interested in in the idea of fame yeah. and money, you know, fortune and glory, than making a film anymore. He, he lost his passion, lost his drive, and out of nowhere he decides that he needs inspiration so he he ends up having a flashback to when he was making his student film Don Quixote okay. with Jonathan Price Jonathan Price plays a character who is a cobbler and and it shows Adam Driver and, and his friends are all walking through town and they find their perfect quixote which is Jonathan Price they find uh was it es- esmeralda or elizabeth the the girl that quixote is interested in okay and she, her dad owns a bar or a restaurant called Raul's, and then they find their poncho, their Sancho Panza, not Poncho. And they make the film. They have a great time doing it. They enjoy it and this and that and the other thing. They're having problems with uh, Jonathan Price's character because he doesn't understand English real well. And at one point, it flips and Jonathan, Toby is Adam Driver's character is telling Jonathan Price, You are Don Quixote. You are Don Quixote, right? And he ultimately ends up believing that he is Don Quixote. Okay. He's mentally just, he's fucking crazy. He goes full method. <laughs> yeah. And cut to, you know, again, that was a flashback. He's back in town, finds out that most of the time, like uh, the guy that plays Sancho is dead because he drank himself to death. He was an alcoholic. The, the daughter of Ra- you know, Raul's daughter uh, is gone. We'll find out more about her later. And the guy that plays Quixote is, is also gone. As Adam Driver is returning back to the set... He sees this big sign that says Quixote Land or whatever, right? And he follows it to this fucking shantytown type thing. And this old lady is there and he's talking to her and she, he's like, I, you have these signs up that says Quixote. And, he, and she's like, would you like to see it? And she brings him to this trailer and turns on a generator, opens it, and Jonathan Price's character is there. Now, it's been like 20 years or 10 years. And he's doing the, all the lines from Quixote, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And then the lady the old lady that that basically owns him and him get into a fight and that fight turns into the shanty town that they live in or the shanty that they live in. <laughs> Catching fire. Okay. Adam Driver fucking, you know, cuts out of there real quick. And as he's riding away, he turns and looks back and you see the flames and the smoke and everything else. And then he turns around and there's Jonathan Price on his horse. Yeah. Thinking that Adam Driver's character is Sancho Panza. Okay. And the whole thing is told like, like you're following the story and you're like, which one is crazy? Yeah. Is it Adam Driver's character? Or is it the Quixote character? Yeah. And this whole thing kind of uh, winds its way through. They they meet up again with uh, the girl that plays... Uh, where is she? Let's go to the cast. Yeah, Stellan Skarsgård's in it. Olga Kir- Kirilenko's in it. Um, it's not just the cast. I have to... Uh, Angelica. There it is. Uh, Joanna Ribeiro uh, plays Angelica, who played a minor role in Toby's film a decade prior, right? Yeah. Um, Angelica turns out to be, after the movie was made 10 years ago, she she decides that she's going to leave home. She basically became a prostitute and an escort, and that's what she is doing now, okay. right? And there's a, there's kind of a bad guy here. here it is Alexei um, Milskin, who's a cruel oligarch, and is played by Jordy. Oh, God. Johnny Tapia. That's Johnny Tapia from Bad Boys Part 2. Yeah. And, and- um, He's also trying they're they're the uh not the producers, but essentially the producers of this film are trying to get him to invest more money into the film so that they can keep filming it, right? Yeah. And he's a he he he's like a the king of vodka or some shit like that. Anyways, again, Russian mafia type guy. So this whole movie is is it it seems like it's like a parallel to Terry Gilliam's whole entire career of trying to make this movie over 30 years. Yeah. When you have people that just want to invest money, get the get the Japanese to invest, get these people to invest, get these people to invest. And if you knew if you know anything about how the movie has been how Terry Gilliam has been trying to get this movie made, yeah, and all the producers that are involved and and being sued this and that and the other thing, so it parallels what terry gilliam has been going through it's it's very evident yeah but the the thing is is that it essentially tells the story of don quixote with adam driver slowly going insane okay and jonathan price's character dies and and adam driver's character throughout this whole adventure is coming to the realization that Everything that he's doing right now is bullshit. He's not happy. Okay. It's it's just here. Quixote leads Toby on a quest to find Angelica, but soon enters a jousting match with the Knight of Mirrors, revealed to be Raul. He and several Los Suenos townspeople have been disguising themselves in an attempt to get Javier to come home. That Javier is is uh, uh, Jonathan Price's character. After Quixote rides off, Raul punches Toby for indirectly causing his daughter to become an escort. See? Waking up, Toby finds Cajote whipping himself with thorns to prove his love for Dulcina del Toboso. Dulcina is uh, a fictional character in Don Quixote. Ah, so Toby is the man who killed. Toby seems sees him uh, behave cruelly towards Angelica and Javier. Toby tries to convince both of them to leave Cahooty, but Cahooty refuses, and Angelica is captured. Toby rescues Angelica, but finds it is Jackie wearing a mask who reveals that Angelica is being burned alive by uh, Millskin as part of his entertainment. When and she's not. It's it's all it's done with cloth and lights and stuff like that. But it looks like she's being burned alive, right? It's all part of the entertainment. Yeah. Toby accidentally knocks Quixote out of a window, and he falls to the ground, dying. Quixote gives Toby his sword, telling him that he never truly saw him as as lowly. Angelica's burning is shown to be a special effect, and Quixote dies while Toby recalls Quixote's claim of immortality. The next morning, Toby, now Quixote, attacks three windmills, believing them to be giants, with Angelica at his side. The two agree to... Call her Sancho Panza and they ride off into the sunset which is a weird weird ending and like it, it, like Don Cody never dies yeah he, he's immortal right yeah but like why does Adam driver's character go insane well not insane but why does you know why does he take over the persona of Quixote you know, and when you're watching the movie, it doesn't make any sense because, like I said right here, when Quixote gives Toby a sword as he's dying, right? Yeah. So, in that scene, he's fully aware of who he is, and then they're riding back to the town where Javier, where Quixote lived. Yeah. Or, I'm sorry, they're riding back to the set, not the town. They're riding back to the set. Yeah. And he sees these three gi- giants, right? Like, he just, he snapped at some point.
0: What if it's... um. A metaphor for Gilliam himself of, of how much time he focused on this fucking movie and what it did to him.
1: It's possible, you know. Yeah, but again, I mean, there is no there is no information given to the audience other than they leave they leave this Russian guy's house, right? Yeah, place where he's at, and head back to the set, and then all of a sudden, it's just like he's he's Don Quixote. So there's just a lot of ambiguity yeah. with the movie. Okay. Yeah. So up until, like, the entire movie is fantastic. Like, it, everybody's calling it an unmitigated disaster. It is not. If you watch the movie and you go through Adam Driver's character, Toby, Adam Driver's amazing in this movie. He always is, dude. No, 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 no. Like, above and beyond. Okay. Like he's good. He he's Gary Oldman good in this movie. Okay. Just the way that he reacts with people, the way that he 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 plays this douchey fucking director yeah that will say anything just to get people off of his back, you know? Okay. And like there's there's a point in the movie where one of the producers, Skellen, Stellan Skarsgard's character, yeah. says he has to go to Russia or or he has to go away to uh talk to this guy, this this vodka guy who ends up actually having a place here in town. <coughs> To get him to uh, throw money at the production, right? Yeah. And and Stone's character has a wife who is just really, really fucking hot, right? Mm -hmm. And he's like, I want you to watch after my wife, which is always... The you know, the, that's a telegraph. That's, you, I need you to watch after my wife. I trust you. And, of course, the next scene is them in the hotel room making out. And then Adam Driver gets her on the bed. And, she you know, she's lying there, legs are around him. And he's talking to her. And he's like, hold that pose. And he crawls across the bed. And she's still in that same pose, you know, with her legs up, spread. And, you know, she's got a dress on and everything. but and, and her arm's up like, you know. Like normally, she's supposed to be holding him. Yeah. And he, and he crawls to the couch and he sits on the floor and he puts his DVD in the DVD player. And it's his old movie, his old Don Quixote movie that he's watching, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, essentially, I mean, like if you take from that point on where he's watching the movie and extrapolate it, like, what if he never really left the hotel room? Okay. Or what if he was killed? You know, because Stellan Skarsgård comes back, right? Yeah. And and Toby puts on this this hat that he finds from one of the guys, like uh, one of the uh, the gypsies. Okay. And hightails it out of there. But Stellan's character is so fucking drunk that he thinks that it's it's one of the uh, the, the you know it's the gypsy dude, right? Yeah. He's like, so when they see it, when he sees him the next day, he's like, I think that gypsy dude was in my house, and 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 Adam's like. I think he was too, you know, and then they find him and then they bring him back right to to the production so that Adam Driver has to point him out like, you know, you is this the guy that was raping his wife, you know? And he's like, I, I, I don't know. Could be. He's like, How do you not know? We saw this guy. He was, you know, he was at the bar. He was bothering my wife, and then I saw him run out of my hotel room. Hmm. So they finally figure out that it's, it's fucking Adam Driver, and he gets arrested for you know, uh, for framing a guy. The other guy gets arrested for whatever, and then it turns into a whole thing. And and I enjoyed the movie. Yeah. Obviously from talking about it yeah, I but I enjoy weird Terry Gilliam movies anyway yeah. so it's not like it's it's not a stretch for me to watch something like this I mean I wa- I, I saw it. what was the other movie that I went, I talked about last week um I don't know I but I found it on popcorn flicks okay and um, so I'm watching it and the problem with popcorn flicks is that like every 10 to 15 minutes they have like four ads that they run at a time and the and the problem with that is they run like the same three ads In a row, so it could be like local ads or Kaiser Permanente or something. No, no, three ads all in a row. None of them are fucking Kaiser Permanente, and they're just they're they're local ads. Like they're one of them right now that they're running is this fucking AT and T ad that's that's getting on my nerve. The other one is just you know local car dealerships and stuff like that. So again, I mean, they (sighs) it is what it is. If you want to watch, if you're if you're gonna watch shit that's free, you have to deal with the stupid ads. So I just yeah. kind of I, I I don't really pay attention to that shit. I recommend this movie. The ending is really weird, but everything in between the beginning and the ending yeah is. I was waiting for it to get even weirder. Okay. That's the whole thing with the Terry Gilliam stuff. Like, if you watch, you know, Baron, you know, uh, Munchausen. Yeah, or, or, or Brazil or... Yeah, you expect you, you expect the super weird and... Oh, I want to get his videography, filmography. You you expect the weird and this, like, he did Jabberwocky. Um, all of these you can find that I'm going to mention. Now for something completely different. Holy Grail, Life of Brian... Live at the Hollywood Bowl and the Meaning of Life you can all find on Netflix. He
0: did the Fisher King, huh?
1: Yeah. He also if it, Time Bandits you can't find that fucking movie anywhere. Uh, I haven't seen the Brothers Grimm, but I didn't I didn't realize that he did that movie. Yeah, he did the Imaginarium with Doctor Parnassus. I saw that a, a few months ago. And Zero Theorem. I don't know what that is. I've heard of the movie, but I I've never seen it. But all of these things in terms of what he's done and what he's, what he's directed. Like, if you don't watch it, if, 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 like, Brazil is one of those movies that has entered pop culture. Yeah. That no one expected to enter pop culture. Uh, 12 Monkeys is, it was turned into a TV series. The Fisher King is probably one of the most talked about Robin Williams roles. Next to Goodwill Hunting, because of how strange it is, yeah, and and then of course the Monty Python stuff, but t- Time Bandits is another one of his movies that has entered the pop culture lexicon as well. And again, you can't find that on fucking Netflix. Can't find it really anywhere. I have it on DVD. Brazil's.
0: A, I have that on my queue on uh, Amazon.
1: Yeah, so you could probably find Time Bandits on Amazon, but for the most part, if if you get a chance, go and watch the man who killed Don Quixote. And, and sit through it and enjoy it because Terry Gilliam put 30 years worth of effort into this movie and it's not the big disaster that everyone says it, it is. Dude, I remember when we first started doing this podcast, you would bring
0: up this movie, like how it was in production hell and stuff and how you wanted to see it. And then all of a sudden it disappeared again, right? Then all of a sudden it pops back up. And I remember, what was it about a year ago? It, was, year it ago. was It was there like one night showing. I was like, do you want to see it this week? And you're like, no, I don't want to see
1: it. Yeah was over it at that point <laughs> but again i mean i'd read a bunch of stuff on it and how it was an unfinished film and this and that and the other thing yeah so i i made the decision at that point that i'm not going to watch it until it probably comes out on you know uh, uh one of the services yeah DVD yeah, i or get it because you were tired of being strung along yeah I, I get it yeah so if it's not if it's an unfinished film and in this this one it didn't seem like it was an unfinished film that's good because because I you know the impression I've gotten you know
0: is that it's just a clusterfuck.
1: Yeah, and it's it really isn't. There's there's some spots in it where if you're not paying attention, you'll get lost real quick. Okay, so you have to be paying attention.
0: All right, so all right, there we go. Yep. All right, so we'll we'll see you guys next time. All right. Yep. All right. Good night.